Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four of Riding the Pine podcast. It's your host, Scott Walden, with my co-host, J.P. Supes. How are you doing? Hey, pretty good, man. Uh, as I always say, it's it's exciting time of the week. We get to make another podcast, and we've gone through three now. So it's been a lot of fun so far, and today we got some good topics for you. With tomorrow being opening day of baseball, we'll give you some bold predictions and talk about some contracts. Uh, the tournament's first weekend is over, which was a lot of fun, so we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, talk about some change in the NFL. Uh, Big Gronk retired, which is crazy news. We'll talk about some rule changes. And we have two new segments uh, that we'll get into on the middle of the show called Pillow Talk. And two guys watch a sport they know nothing about and try to commentate it. So I'm pretty excited for this, and I'm sure you are too, man. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a blast. We were talking... I'm a blast. <laughs> uh, uh, we're going to have a blast. I uh, We were talking earlier today, and it's like, you know, it's starting to become the highlight of my week to just sit down and talk about sports for, you know, an hour, hour and a half. Uh, and everything that happened in the week really sums it all up. So I, I hope everybody out there is having as fun as we are. Yeah, I hope so. And, you know, if no one's listened to us, that's okay, too, because at least I think we're listening to each other. So I guess that's better than nothing. But I think uh, hopefully people are enjoying what we're putting out. And we're ha- like you said, we're having a lot of fun with it. So I'm Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, let's start off in the NFL with the recent rule change. And uh, I'll tell you, it, it's weird for me because when I first heard it, I was, I was like, okay, yes, I absolutely think that you should be able to challenge – defensive pass interference on a no call uh but then you start to think and it's like i i I just don't know how i understand that the nfc championship was appalling appalling that Mm -hmm. call was awful everybody in the world agrees that call was awful absolutely Uh, i agree with that i think uh, I, th- I was kind of for it when I first heard it, you know. I don't know if the coaches still get the same amount of challenges, but, you know, that's a tough thing. I think it's just part of the game. It's kind of like baseball where sometimes it's just calls get missed. And, you know, that thing with the NFC Championship was, you know, something that has happened once in a lifetime. Like, you don't see that all the time. So it's a little little different there. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, it's it's one of those things where we have so many things in place already that slow the game down. And now you're going to have – and this isn't, this isn't just the NFC Championship game, right? Like this is mm-hmm. week four. You're going to have people throwing challenge flags. And then we're going to have to listen to who knows is commentating – well, the Bears are going to have amazing commentators all all year because they're a great team. But like for your 49ers, they're going to have like some, hey scrub, some scrub they pulled off the street announcing this game, trying to analyze. You know, oh, was it pass interference? Well, oh, I don't know. I, I just I really get sick of that whole I, thing. Yeah, I, I can see that, and you know, I play defense in high school, so I have a different mindset. You know, I like the hand play, the hand fighting, uh, and you find a receiver or a tight end who's going to have the exact opposite. And we could even watch plays and say, "Ooh, I don't know if that was pass interference or not." So I don't know what they're going to be doing 
when they look and determine if it's pass interference or not. Because sometimes it's too close to call. Is it going to be like inconclusive? But that seems kind of weird. You're going to have every angle possible for it. So maybe they should do what the Alliance is doing and have that sky judge up in there in the booth and say, holy crap, you really missed this call. Get it. To me, maybe that's not have a challenge. To me, that's the obvious answer. You have mm-hmm. you have a guy up there who can watch something back and and his whole job for that three hours is, you know, he has a TiVo for Christ's sake. We can all do it on our TVs now to rewind a little bit. Say, hey, hold on to the next play. Give me a couple seconds. Yeah. Okay, you're good. You know? Yeah, that's definitely an, uh, probably the best option. Cause not, I think, like you're saying, slowing down the game like this, these games are getting way too long as it is. So this is just going to make it last a lot longer. Yeah, I, I agree. And and uh, I think the idea of instant replay is great. I'm glad it's it's there to get the crazy plays that are just missed out of the game. Um, but, you know, it's that same thing. We see it all year now. Oh, were, were his feet in? I don't know. Did he have control of the ball? And then we sit there for 15 minutes analyzing this play. It's like, okay, if it looked like he caught it in real time, he probably caught it. If it looked like he didn't catch it in real time, he probably didn't catch it. But slowing it down frame by frame is insane. And look, at they're going to do that with defensive pass interference now. That's going to be really obnoxious, I think. Absolutely. I'm not looking forward to it. I think uh, pass interference happens. Calls are missed. Uh, sometimes the ref throws a flag, and it's a good call. Sometimes it's a bad call. So, like I said, I play defense, so I think they call too many pass interference as it is. Um, but, you know, we'll see how it works. We'll see. I think a lot of people are in favor of it, which is, I think they just want to see how it'll look. And hopefully, if it doesn't work out well, they can uh, get rid of it next year. Well, it's it's a recency bias thing. It's a, it's a, oh, a team just got screwed over. We need to fix this right now, you know? Mm-hmm. And and it's it's kind of one of those... You know, it happens all the time in in politics in the world, where some terrible, terrible thing happens, and you're saying, "Okay, we need to do, we need to go high and right on this. We need to fix everything." Blah 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 blah. Like, hey, you know what? Like, sometimes just terrible things happen, and there's nothing you can do about it. Unfortunately. Yeah, it's um, uh, it's being super reactive to something that happened instead of being proactive. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, like you I, said. Anything political in this, it's the same exact thing. So Yep, and, I, and I'm scared that they're going to start throwing more pass interference flags now just to prevent that, which is the worst thing because they already throw that shit at the drop of a hat. Can they challenge it not being pass interference? I didn't look at that. I mean, that's just as obnoxious and asinine. But, I agree. You know, who, yeah, I agree. whatever. The, Football is already getting ridiculous half the time, anyway. Yeah, so. are we gonna are we gonna challenge holding now? Because if somebody if they want to be able to challenge holding, then somebody's gonna throw a challenge flag every play. Because holding the missed face mask that you, you see once in a while. Yeah. Somebody's yeah. gonna get called. Somebody is holding on every single NFL play. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I think we beat that dead horse to death. Yep. And for sure, I think we should go on to the next big thing in the NFL, and that is Rob Gronkowski is a retired uh, NFL football player now, which is was big news and, you know, in Gronk fashion, uh, announced it on Instagram. Riddled with spelling errors. <laughs> well, he did go to the University of Arizona. 
uh, yes, yeah. got it, got it in there. All right. <laughs> in true, in true Gronk fashion, uh, just just put it out there. Um, so nine years in the NFL, and yeah. I'll I'll be the first person to admit this is kind of uh, it's kind of one of those sob stories that we seem to tell every every podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the majority of Gronk's like dominating, dominating years were the years that I was out to see, and I just completely missed entire football seasons. So, Ouch. yeah, exactly. So everybody, you know, he retires. The reactions on Twitter, he's the greatest full time. Blah 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 blah. And I'm sitting here like, I don't know, man. Like Gronk's great, but and then I went back and watched some of like highlights. Holy shit, <laughs> man! No, he's he's just a beast, man. He's a different breed. Uh, no one's built like that, you know, and can pl- play at that speed and that aggression. And, you know, that's why he got hurt so many times. But I agree. Uh, he was drafted in 2010, so I missed two or three, the first two or three uh, of his career, seasons of his career. So uh, kind of the same way. I mean, he had plenty of good seasons that I've seen, but – yeah, it's tough to say if he's the best or not. You know, it's a kind of thing that he's the big guy right now. So I could see why people are arguing for that. Well, here's yeah, I, we'll we'll get into it, but uh, it's it's odd. But I will say this: like Rob Gronkowski was a complete tight end. He blocked um, because he was so big, and so a lot of these other receiving tight ends are not those kind of players like jimmy graham is not gonna first person that came to my head jimmy graham he is a just a big wide receiver he's a big slot wide receiver (laughs) big slot so yeah no i agree he did it all and he's kind of he played the tight end of like the 1980s and 90s where he was there for the run game and could push people on their ass uh but he was also the tight end of the 2000s where he was going to go out and catch any ball thrown to him. Yeah, yeah. I think really, like, just sheer size, the only tight end that can really compete with him is, like, Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought he was offensive lineman playing, trying to play wide receiver. Well, I, yeah, he went. He switched from guard to tight end last year. Actually, did you see – maybe I just saw it because I follow the Bills on Twitter. When they were – there was a – uh, tweet and the caption said Bills release offensive lineman Kelvin Benjamin and I no. lost it. Yeah, I, I'll have to find that and if I do I'll share it on the on the podcast Twitter, but that's <laughs> that's hilarious. Like yeah, I don't that's... know, did he walk through a machine and they're like, Oh, that guy's a tight end or a offensive lineman for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, Classic. that's very funny. Um but I think what we wanted to do uh to honor Gronk is and the tournament is kind of give our final four for the best tight ends of all time. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll do two one seeds and two two seeds um, on either side, and then we'll figure out who's in the championship. Oh, um, I like. Which that. I mean, the two one seeds are probably going to be the championship because we're the ones making the seeding and also. <laughs> but you you know you know what I mean. Just try and organize it like that in your head. Um, I'll, I'll start. I'm going to do, I'll, I'll go with all four. 
Um, and and again, this will actually, yeah, we'll list them and then we'll talk because I think a lot of ours are going to be really pretty close to the same. Yeah. Um, so I've got uh, Rob Gronkowski, obviously. All right. Um, and then I've got uh, Tony Gonzalez. Those are your one seeds, or one well, and two. Yeah, yeah, that's the one seeds. It doesn't really matter, I guess. But okay, yeah, I got you. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, those. It's pretty <laughs> obvious. And then I've got Antonio Gates. Okay. And uh, Luke Wilson. <laughs> Luke Wilson, really? Yeah, just well because <laughs> the fact that he was acting the entire time that he was playing in the NFL, and then to play at that level <laughs> was like pretty impressive. Well, he was, you know, running frats and exactly. He's making. He was making quality movies like uh, *Idiocracy*, *Legally Blonde* too. Um, Tough to argue off that. The, off the top of my head. Hey, he saved the whole world by watering those crops, bro. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Plants no, don't to, crave Gatorade. All so, right. to be honest, this is like my four spot, and it's really tough for me because. Mm-hmm. Um, just like due to longevity, I think I'm going to go with Jason Witten, but okay. in, my, in my head, I just can't like him anymore. <laughs> Mr. Knife Hands? Come on now. He was so bad in the booth. He but was, I, just... but I think he's a real nice guy and I kind of felt bad for him, honestly. Like everyone talks so much crap about him and, you know, I don't, he was not a good announcer, but he seemed like he was. A, a cool dude that I go have a drink with or something. Yeah, awesome. no, I, I, I completely agree. Like he is probably a really nice guy, but just talk about a fish out of water scenario. And, um, yeah, we'll see what happens this year. All right, what do you got? Wow, I almost had the exact same. I think I had Jason Witten at number five, so okay. just outside, and it was the same thing. Longevity. I think he's the number two or three in tight end yards. Uh, so I went Tony Gonzalez, Rob Gronkowski, uh, Antonio Gates, and I went Shannon Sharp. Oh, Shannon Sharp's good. Yeah, so, and then Jason Witt was right there. So I think, you know, we, we basically had the same list. That last one's a little different. Uh, and I think we could absolutely talk about these guys. So we already talked a lot about Rob Gronkowski. The crazy thing about Rob Gronkowski is everyone is, you know, really – high up on him and you know it's another thing it's recent in your memory uh it's crazy to think that like tony gonzalez retired in 2013 so it's been (laughs) five over five seasons now uh but rom gronkowski played 115 games i guess that's all he played and the dude had 79 touchdowns so the guy was a stud man it's tough like you know, because we we go with Antonio Gates, Tony Gonzalez, and either excuse me, Shannon Sharp or Jason Witten. All those guys played much longer—11, 12, 13 years. Yeah, Jason Witten is—he's going to play until he dies. I, I think it's obvious now. That's his—that's his plan. He's um, going to die on a football field. The hits that guy takes, holy cow! Any any tight end, any yeah. tight end, like. <laughs> It's just a terrible position to play because there you are out there running around. You're huge. And how, how's the cornerback going to stop? He's not. A corner safety is lining you up the whole time, too. 
Yep, and they're going to take you out at the knees. And yeah. so, you know, yep. it's just uh, it's just a really tough position to play. That and, like, you know, every other play you're down in the, in the trenches, you know, blocking for a run. It's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. So out of those four, who did you have coming into the finals? Oh, I mean, Tony Gonzalez and Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, okay, that's obvious. Who do you got taking it? I got Tony Gonzalez, man. I don't think we'll ever see anyone play tight end like that guy. That guy was such a stud. Okay, so this is where I'm having trouble because I completely agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Atlanta Falcons legend Tony Gonzalez. <laughs> uh, Damn. He... <laughs> I got a lot of friends that are Chiefs fans because I was born oh. in Kansas City, so, you know. Shots. Shots fired. <laughs> My sister tries to be a Chiefs fan. I uh, I won't even get into it. Anyway. She like ketchup? Yeah, on her steak. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, she doesn't eat ketchup. On, she's like one of those people that doesn't eat condiments on food. You know what I mean? Oh, that's such a Midwestern thing. Is it really? It's so weird to me. My friend's from Wisconsin, and one of my best friends, real good dude, uh, he's actually gonna be in my wedding. I used to put like hot sauce on a lot of stuff being from Arizona and then I love mayo. So I put that on everything and he's like, bro, just eat a hot dog plain. I'm like, who does that? man? like, that's the weirdest thing. He's like Midwestern Midwesterners do it. Uh, we don't need any seasoning or condiments because our food already tastes so good. I was like, whatever, bro, you weirdo. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. And I'm pretty much as Midwestern as it gets cheese curds. I don't know. Well, I'm in the cheese curds. I know you're. Well, you're about to be. I'm. Well, I'm currently in Wisconsin. I'm about to move there. So look at me. Maybe I'll stop eating condiments on my hot dogs. Anyway, cheese curds and spotted cow, bro. We are so far away from the point. <laughs> um, so Antonio Gonzalez is the first of that group of tight ends. It is the first of the tight ends we see now. The Travis Kelseys, the Jimmy Grahams, Kyle Rudolph, you know, Jordan Reed, Zach Ertz. George Kittle. Yeah, George Kittle. Oh, boy. Um, all, Julius Thomas is another one. Of these tight ends that are more wide receivers mm-hmm. than tight ends. Mm-hmm. And I think... You know, he's really what brought that on because of his size and his elite athletic ability. And, and you know, I just, I don't know. I think it's recency bias again. But just having watched some of those Rod Baronkowski plays that I never saw, dude, <laughs> Tony Gonzalez couldn't have done that. Dragging people into the end zone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. He couldn't but, have done that. He was good at the throw the ball up, he's going to out-jump anyone kind of thing. And and any position, he'll dive for it. Like that famous inside the 10-yard line, throw it on the middle seam, he's going to jump up and catch it and land on his back with the football every time. Yep, Uh, and then dunk it through the uprights. He always did that. Oh, when it was allowed, yeah. Yeah. What a lane. So speaking of NFL being lane, you can't even dunk it? Like what the – I don't understand that rule still. What the hell? I don't even know why they give a shit, man. I just, like, I don't know why they care. I don't know. And then, uh, nope, I'm not getting on a soapbox. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be here for three hours just yeah, complaining yeah. about that. Yeah. So, I, I really think, you know, he was, but as far as, like, a complete tight end, 
I think Rob Gronkowski just has. Okay. I, I don't. I don't know. I and uh, it's tough to say, you know, because Tony Gonzalez. I'll say this is the best receiving tight end of all time. Okay. And I don't think that's even close. Yeah. No. No. I don't think so either. But uh, yeah, as far as the total package, I mean, Rob was on a whole other level. Oh yeah, I'd agree. I guess I I can see where you're coming from. Who is your favorite tight end? My favorite tight tight end of all time. Yeah. Or or yeah, we'll say all time. Anyone that. I was living in Kansas City during the Tony Gonzalez like okay high high you know Priest Holmes oh Larry Johnson right after that oh uh, yeah Trent Green Dante Hall was he on there yeah he was the human joystick the original human joystick uh, so he's he's up there because I remember watching him a lot but to me and this is gonna sound it's it's obvious but um, I'm gonna go with Zach Miller. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's he, respectable. He was only a Bears player for a short amount of time, but he put it all on the field. He caught a touchdown NFL, destroyed his leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll never play again. The Bears actually just signed him this year to just under a million dollars, uh, one-year deal. Awesome. Yeah, I love it when, when organizations do that. I remember we went to the uh, – Buffalo uh, game and against the Bears, and he actually walked out, and the, all the Bears fans went crazy. That oh yeah, really, that was really yeah. cool to see. I think it was. I think there was a couple right next to you that were going crazy. Three of you, yeah. Oh, more than that. <laughs> Three I was with, and then another forty next to us. <laughs> yeah, in the fourth quarter of that game, it was only Bears fans left. Yeah, I can't blame Bills fans for that. When yeah. Nathan Peterman's your quarterback, like I lost hope before the game started for him. He, Nathan, uh, fun fact, Nathan Peterman scored the first, so what week was that? Uh, it was December, Seven? so it's probably, uh, it might have been later than that, because it was the beginning of December, it might have been like 12. Um, yeah, so Nathan Peterman scored the first rushing touchdown against the Bears. Day of 2018 season, yeah. No, it was, it wasn't December, it was November. Was it November. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, so it, it, was, it was like week seven or something. Okay, yeah, that was wrong then. Um, What else was I going to say? I think my favorite tight end would be, and this just goes to recent uh, childhood Niners fan, is uh, Vernon Davis is, was yeah. one of my favorites to watch in the last few years. So he's fun, but yeah. I think you got a new one to root for, though. I think uh, so. I did. I do have a number eighty-five Vernon Davis jersey, and I'm probably gonna put a number eighty-five George Kittle jersey right next to it. Kittle, oh man, he was out of this world this year, man. Yeah, it was. So it was week nine, November fourth, is when we went. That's right. It was Military Appreciation Day, which is cool. Yeah, I just gotten out of the military. Pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, great experience. I, I so t- tight end. I love to talk about one of my favorite positions in all of sports. Mm-hmm. Um, just the versatility, how much you can do with that position, um, the athleticism, the strength, the size. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's your when you pick like the biggest 
human freaks on any team, it's always defensive ends and tight ends. Yeah. No, definitely. I'd agree with that. Even like, your edge rushers, which are basically tight ends. So, or sorry, defensive ends. Yeah, yeah. I should say edge rusher is what they call them now. Yeah. All right. Well, that was good. I uh, hope Gronk enjoys his retirement. Although I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back, but I would be wouldn't be surprised if he didn't either. He's got a lot of uh, extracurricular activities I think that he could do, whether it's WWE or uh, doing some acting stuff like that. I think he's just gonna live it up, man. I mean, he's 29 years old. Yeah, that's awesome, and he's way richer than I'll be unless I win the lottery or something. Yeah. Go get him, kid. Do whatever you want. That's what I say. Awesome. So, this being the end of March, tomorrow is opening day for America's pastime, Major League Baseball. I am super excited for this. Baseball season is... So, football season is probably number one season Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, it's just never-ending drama. The way... Everybody's talking about it. It's the biggest sport in the country um, Mm -hmm. for a reason. But baseball is number two right there because I now have something to do every single night I come home. And I love it. I love it. Yeah, I do too. And it's crazy when baseball, they just played 10 days in a row and they had that one day off. You're like, I am so bored. What am I going to do today? Like, that's so weird. You would never do that. with Football's once a week. Your team plays once a week. I know. So that's that's crazy. And my big thing when it comes, I'm from Arizona, as I've said before, but baseball season means springtime. It's getting warmer. I love warm weather. Football season means it's getting colder. That's the only bad thing I got to say about football. Is it's it's going to be cold soon, uh, but it keeps me alive in the winter time. So. Yeah, I, I I actually think it doesn't get cold until after football season. Oh, you, don't, okay. you don't even notice. There's like so much going on during football season. You like don't even notice. And then Monday after the Super Bowl, holy shit, it's cold outside. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So with opening day tomorrow, uh, some big some games will be on TV here and there. But before we get into any predictions that we plan on doing, uh, some big baseball contracts uh it seems like every episode we're reporting another big one uh but jacob de uh actually got paid by the new york mets and he got a nice contract i think what do you think about that one yeah absolutely i think he absolutely got a, a great contract i think so i think he's in his late 20s yeah that's a good guess i'd have to um, yeah, I'd have to, I'll look it up really quick. But uh, so I think he's in his late twenties. So this contract's going to take him, you know, into his prime. Um, he'll still get a chance at a, at another payday uh, after that too. Mm-hmm. You know, pitchers can can last. Okay, so he's he's actually born a few days after me. So he's he is thirty now. So definitely in his prime. Uh, he, which is so weird. It's so weird switching between sports like this because like. In football and hockey, we're like 30. Holy shit. <laughs> and then in baseball, you're like, oh, you just came up to the majors like two years ago. Because, uh, yeah. like, you forget. I mean, that's starting to go away, too. But, like, David Ortiz didn't make the majors until he was 26. Yeah, that's how Goldschmidt was the same way. I think 25 or 26 when he first made it. Yeah, crazy. So I, I, so I think it's a really good contract. 
I'm really happy for the Mets for Mets fans. I I like Mets fans. They are, you know, they just they stick by their players. They stick by their team, even though it's. Uh, I mean, let's face it; it's been a laughing stock for the last few years. Yeah, definitely. And you know, they've done some questionable things, but you know, they got to keep a guy like this. He his ERA was under two. And the guy was just a stud. So he earned the money. Um, and so did Chris Sale. Oh, yeah. Yep. And Chris Sale, Chris Sale is 29. Uh, they got similar contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's going to take them through their prime. If they're, if they're able to. And did we talk about this offline or did we talk about this on the last podcast where – in baseball, it's interesting because you, as a pitcher, when you get into your you know early 30s, mid 30s, and you start to lose velocity, mm-hmm. there's a lot of those. A lot of uh, great pitchers can overcome that because they still have great stuff. And you look at Degrom, and you look at Sale, and you look at their breaking balls, and they just absolutely are disgusting. You know, so if you can, if they can learn to work with that, they can they can get another payday even after this. So uh, obviously, as a Red Sox fan, big fan of Sale sticking around. He is an absolute <laughs> stud. And I'll say my favorite thing about Chris Sale, my favorite thing about Chris Sale, when he pitches, the game goes faster because he has never shaken off his catcher's call. <laughs> Good. He goes up to the. He goes up to the rubber and he slings it. And I love that. Yeah, it's a little different than like a Clay Buckholz, who slowest games in the world. I like the guy a lot, but yeah, very, uh, very slow pitcher. <laughs> yeah, he pitched a no-hitter for the Red Sox. And oh, yeah, he's okay then. <laughs> David Price, too, is so slow and methodical. And oh, I, yeah. I understand it. Like, I get where you're coming from. You want to make sure, but like... There's something to be said, I think, about just being in a groove. All right, throw, 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 you know? Yeah, and also, uh, I totally forgot, two two other big pitchers got big contracts as well uh, in the last week. Justin Verlander signed a two-year, $66 million contract. Whoo! <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. But he earned every penny of that, too. Uh, that guy is definitely in his late 30s. Uh Living the life, man. Just had a kid uh, with Kate Upton. Uh, won the World like, Series. Just like 15 years younger than him, by the way. What a stud, man. What a, I'm jealous, you know? Uh, the, what was it? The the fattening when uh, all those pictures came out and Justin Verlander was in some of them with oh, Kate yeah. Upton? <laughs> I didn't yeah, know how to was... feel about that. I didn't know how to feel. You know, I don't judge if that's the kind of thing you want to do. Get out there, kid. <laughs> hey, he's got a cool name. Yeah. Um, and then Blake Snell, who was the AL Cy Young Award winner last year, there's rumors last week that he wasn't going to get any type of uh, bonus or anything like that. His pay went up like, you know, for us normal people, $80,000 is a lot. But for these Major League Baseball players, especially people make $400, 300000000 million, uh, $80,000 ain't crap. So Blake Snell signed a five-year, $50 million contract extension, and he's young. He, I think he's only 23 or 24. He might be older than that, but he's he'll be around a little bit longer than these other guys. 
Yeah, it's crazy to think that he won the Cy Young. You always forget. Yeah, he's 26, so he's still young. Uh, actually, I was at his first ever start at Yankee Stadium, and he was warming up in the outfield. I actually had front row seats, and that guy is like 6'5", 180 pounds, like the most lanky guy I've ever seen. Oh, wow. so that's, I mean, that's just like such a pitcher thing. Absolutely. They're either like fat or super tall and lanky. <laughs> Randy Johnson style, you know? Yeah. Uh, so those were the big uh, contracts, which are – Pitchers are getting paid, and you know they should at the beginning of the year or off season. What Patrick Corbin got like a five year, hundred and forty million dollar deal. So pitchers are getting paid. You have one or two really good seasons, people want to pay you for it. Yeah, I think I, I actually well, I think pitchers have been getting paid for quite a while, and it's always funny because you start to see. I I've always thought you like see these pitchers get a huge payday, and then they just immediately start to like fall off. Mm. Uh, you know, David Price is a good example. Uh, Granky was uh, Granky's still good, but he wasn't, you know, the two point one ERA type of guy. But he is the ace for the Dimebacks still. So, yeah, absolutely. And then uh, there was the Tim Lincecum. Oh, jeez, uh, Matt Cain and Tim Lincecum, both yeah. from the Giants, both sucked after like three or four really good years. Oh, Tim and. When he was good, man, he was out of this world. But I yeah. think I think there it is. It's a guy who, and I'm not going to say he didn't have great stuff. He had great stuff. But, um, you know, when he started to lose a little bit of the velocity, when the arm's not, you know, fresh, um, can you work on your placement? Can you, can you get to that place where is your stuff that good? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh... – Go back to Zach Greinke. That guy's 36 or 7 now. And his fastball is 91, 92. But he's throwing these EFIS pitches that are 66, 67 miles per hour and just fooling people. And Bartolo Colon was the same way. I think his fastball was 88 last year, the last few years. And he's obviously still pitching uh, at a high level. So placement, man. Yeah, it's all about placement, strategy when it comes to, you know, attacking certain hitters. Um, and just having, you know, having stuff even on your, even on your, you know, well, your four seamer is not going to do a whole lot, but like how much does your two seamer move? You know, it's, it's those little things. My favorite pitch in baseball, two seamer. Yep. So those are, those are big contracts that uh, we talked about. And then I think we want to talk about a couple bold predictions for this season. Yeah. Are you you ready? I'm ready, man. Give me a bold prediction. Are you ready? Uh, I'm ready, man. What do you think my bold prediction is? Well, if it's like the Red Sox winning, that's not bold. Uh, so <laughs> back to back. Uh, I mean, that's pretty bold. That hasn't happened for a while. Back ninety nine, ninety eight to two thousand, Yankees. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Back to back. So all we need is I'm worried about a closer and your middle relievers. I'd say and my middle relievers. And... Which was a problem last year. The middle relievers were the only weakness, and they showed. Oh, was it really? They did in the 108 games they won, and the well, World, the World Series run where they lost two games to the best. Okay, so so. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, <laughs> you you know what I'm saying. They're only if there was a weakness, that was it. Was yeah. their middle relievers no, last I, year? And I, I completely agree. And yeah, I, I know you're just being a hole, bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but. 
Actually, I don't think Kimbrel's got a job yet. Am I right on that? Nope, he does not. People and... called him. Uh, I heard him on the radio today. I was driving to school. Uh, obviously, living in upstate New York, most people are Yankees fans. They're like talking about who's that Red Sox pitcher, that orangutan looking dude. I was like, that, whoa, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, Kimbrel. I was like, okay, that's okay. You can call him an orangutan. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the only player my wife knows. Oh, well, he is a stud. I remember watching him in uh, San Diego. So, yeah, he, he's a stud. Don't get me wrong, but like, not what he thinks he should get paid, you know? Because he, he can throw a fastball and a slider once in a while. No, he could. He throws it. I don't know how. No, you know, he it's throws. Not accurate. A, he throws a curve, okay. uh, a fastball, and a and a changeup. And kind of like a I mean, Chapman. Feel free to t- fact check me, but I'm almost positive those are the three pitchers he pitches he throws. And I mean, it's like fastball, you know, ninety percent of the time. So Red Sox back to back, huh? That's been a while. It's been twenty years. So, uh, my bold prediction, and I hope this is true, is the Los Angeles Dodgers will not win the NL West. I hope so. I, I don't care who it is, just not the Dodgers. It can be Manny Machado and the Padres. It could be uh, the Rockies. It, I would prefer it be the Diamondbacks, but. I don't really think that's going to happen. Yeah, um, that's that's a good one. Uh, I think they're the overwhelming favorites. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the Padres are doing some stuff. Yeah, they try. They got Hosmer last year. They have Will Myers. But what else do they have besides those three hitters now? Like, they don't have anything. Their pitching sucks. Well, you never know. That's true. You do not baseball. You just never know. I mean, look at the A's last year. Yeah, they were fun. They were supposed to be terrible. Yeah. Um. All right. What's your next bold prediction? <clears throat> so my next bold permission of my next bold prediction is that the White Sox are going to win the AL Central. The White Sox. The White Sox. Okay. Why is that? They're supposed to, I, I don't know. I I don't know. They've got a couple of young kids, Eloy Jimenez, um, and Juan Moncada. Juan <laughs> Moncada, is that it? I but, don't, it might be. Uh well they got him from the Red Sox for sale. Oh, okay. And uh, he was the number one prospect on the Sox. Uh, came up, played a little bit of third base um, for them, and then they traded him. And that that next off season, Yoan, that's his name. Oh, okay. Uh, and I just think he's 23 this year. He, I think this is the year that he really starts to pull off. And Eloy is the number one prospect of baseball and i think he's going to contribute right away so i think they're just going to get hot and you know when those young teams get hot uh i think they've got it and i don't think the indians can stay on top no i like that i think that al central is the weakest division in all of baseball so uh yeah i can see any team winning there's like four teams out of the five that could win it yeah 
and uh, I just I don't know. I think it's time. I think it's time for the White Sox. They're one of those teams that's been around forever. They're you know not the favorite team in Chicago by a long margin. <laughs> um, and I think that you know every once in a while they they build their team right. They get really good and then they dismember it all. But I think I think we're getting there. Yeah. No. Definitely. They are. Wow, Ozzie Guillen was their manager when they went to the World Series in like 05. So yeah. it's been a while. I think that's the last time they were even competitive. <laughs> so, well, like, I think Jermaine Dye was on that team after the. Oh, A's. man. <laughs> wow. Played for uh, the Royals and then the A's and then. Yeah, he the was Lions. on the Moneyball A's, I think. So, Whew. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So, my last uh, bold prediction we went from the worst in my opinion, uh, division to, in my opinion, the best division in baseball, the NL Central. I think that's going to be the most competitive, maybe not the best, but the most competitive and fun division. Three great teams. Three legitimately great teams. There's even, I think the Reds might even be good this year and competitive. Uh, They have some, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, But absolutely the Brewers, Cubs, and Cardinals are always going to be in a fight. And I'm going to that division. And this year... After being on a new team, Paul Goldschmidt wins his first MVP. Oh, now that's my those are my two bold predictions this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm rooting for the guy. Okay, so, good. Yeah. Hey, great. I hope I hope he does well too. I, you know, even I'm a, though I'm a Chicago sports fan, I'm not necessarily a Cubs fan, so I don't right. hate the Cardinals. Yeah, uh, especially because the the Red Sox just rolled over <laughs> two World Series. So, um, yeah, I, I'd love to see him do good. The Cardinals are great. St. Louis, Cardinals and St. Louis is an underrated sports town. Absolutely. We could have mentioned them uh, in our first episode. I went to their baseball stadium last summer. What a fun, beautiful stadium. Uh, it's right next to the Arch, right on the Mississippi. And it was a really cool town. I guess city and I had a lot of fun there. And I learned while I was at that game that the old stadium is like half of the grounds of the new stadium. They were building the new stadium around the old stadium. Once the season, yeah, once the season ended, they tore down the old stadium and finished building the new one. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's basically in the same spot, a little bit over. Uh, I didn't think you'd get much closer than like what Yankee stadium did, but yeah, no, they were like right on top of it, which is really cool. (sighs) Yeah, that's uh, they love their Cardinals too. Oh they yeah, they should. Cardinals. They should. I think they have a dozen World Series titles. So, oh yeah, great franchise. Really yeah. good franchise. Great, oh, great players there. Yeah, always, always bring in good players. Always stay competitive. But yeah, that's a really good call because that's going to be a great race to watch the NL Central yep. with the Bre- the Brewers. Um, if Yelich can do anything close to what he did for the last half of last year, holy shit. Um, the Cubs are going to be competitive because there's just a shit ton of talent on that team. And then, and then, like you said, the Cardinals. So we'll yep. see. Awesome. So that's all we're going to do for baseball. We've said we probably do like most of it, but we feel that's pretty good. Uh, and we'll get into it as the season starts. We'll keep people and in, hopefully into baseball. I know a lot of people don't like it, but man, it's a beautiful sport and I'd love to get some people into it, a little excited uh, any way I can. It's, I, I think, 
the people that watch it watch it the wrong way, or the people that don't like it, they they watch it the wrong way. A, you've there's a little bit of a entrance gap where you've got to learn pitches and understand what's happening, and then B, like yeah. it's this perfect sport to do while you're doing fuck whatever it is, else it is you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, it's three hours. You can, if you're into ironing clothes, you can iron clothes all day and do some chores. Like you can watch baseball for three hours and you get a lot of stuff done. It's awesome. Yep, I love it. Uh, so, last weekend was the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament, which is always a fun time of the year. Uh, some surprises, but I, I feel like there weren't as many upsets as normal. And we are now at the Sweet 16. Uh, anything that was like kind of crazy, Duke made it a very interesting game. They... Definitely could have lost the game, and everyone has Duke as their favorite. So I think that was the big thing was uh, UCF and Taco Fall versus Zion Williamson, and then the coach's son uh, had a hell of a game. Uh, but I think that was the biggest game of the weekend. And besides that, I think everyone's a, at least a five seed or four seed, except for the Oregon Ducks, who snuck in as a 12 seed. Hottest team in college basketball, in my opinion. But anything stick out to you during those first two rounds? Not just the hottest team, in your opinion. The hottest team in, like, everyone's opinion. Um, yeah, let me tell you. Boring. Just... <laughs> it has been kind of a boring. There's a few games here and there. I think that Duke game was one of the best college basketball games I've seen in since the championship when Villanova won on the buzzer beater. I... Yeah, that was a great game. Um, how did that last tip in not go in? I don't know. I don't know why the basketball gods want Duke to win another one. It's like it's like one of those moments where too, where I'm like looking, I like watch the game, and I'm like, I think that falls if it's any other team except Duke. Like, oh I, man, longest. It was only like half a second. It felt like thirty seconds. Oh my god, and. I mean, you hate to to hand it to UCF, but like they had that game won. It was in the back. Yeah, the couple dumb mistakes. Uh and Duke Duke made such a st- they went down there and wasted like twenty seconds off the clock, down by three, and then Zion drives it and just give him the basket. Yeah, he got rewarded for not a smart basketball move at all. Uh, just give him the basket and then misses the free throw. Offensive rebound, and then they score to go ahead up. What the fuck? Dude, everything was in Duke's favor. It just doesn't make sense. Like, None of that makes sense. I have, when I played sense. basketball, I was always on the UCF side. Like, I swear to God. And it's the worst feeling. You're just like, what do I have to do? What do I have to do to win a game? It's a big game like this. Uh, but we got to see some people that a lot of people wouldn't have seen when it comes to the tournament. Uh, actually, I think you and I uh, and our buddies, we went out to Buffalo. Is that where we saw Taco Fall for the first time? I think we were at the bar in Buffalo drinking. Because uh, I was like, I swear, I thought I was talking to Katie about it. She goes, I don't know who you're talking about. I've never heard of this guy before. And I was like, I must have been with some friends, but I don't have friends. And uh, <laughs> I think it's when we were in Buffalo. College basketball just started. And we're like, look at that tall mofo right there. But he's Was it that the- second – the second bar we went to? Yeah, it might have been there or even at the hotel room. Oh, maybe. 
Yeah, I don't know. If it's... it was the second bar, I was so enamored with all the stuff that was happening with that random old people band. That's true, you were. They were pretty funny. And then, for some odd reason, it was like CNN was on at the bar on, like, the big projector. <laughs> yeah, was, that's right. I was so pissed off. Like, come <laughs> on, why is the news on what is in going a on? sports bar? It wasn't, I don't know if it was a sports bar. It was more like an Irish bar. But still, who the hell cares about CNN or Fox News? I want to watch some sports. It was college football. It was Saturday night. College football was on, man. Yeah, there was. It was bowl season, right? No, no, no. No, was, not yet. It was November, so there was a, there was a big game. I can't remember what who it was. Al, probably Alabama and someone. LSU probably. That sounds like a good game. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think the Sweet Six or the tournament this year hasn't been the greatest one. Hopefully, these lat the Sweet Sixteen will get some fun games to end out the season. I know a lot of people in their brackets have UNC and Duke in the championship. I think everyone wants to see that, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's too bad Purdue's going to spoil it and get there. Purdue looks good, man. They look really good. They're going to win it all. Purdue looked – so my teams, I didn't ever watch a lot of basketball this season. So the teams that really surprised me was Purdue and Texas Tech. Texas Tech looked really tough. Uh, I know they beat Buffalo, but they still look tough. Yeah, yeah. I, Purdue – this was supposed to be like a rebuilding year too. Matt Painter, again, this is like me on my high horse about the team I care about, but like they're putting together a really good program there. So look out, boys. Yeah, absolutely. So basketball, we'll get more into that next week when we have our final four. Uh, so I think uh, without further ado, it's time to go into our two new segments. How do you feel about that? Oh, I'm feeling great. So I'm feeling a little sleepy. Let's get into pillow talk. Okay, uh, so this is actually going to be about how soft today's generation is when it comes to sports. So we'll kind of work out of that NCAA, Michigan State. Uh, Tom Izzo is seen on video uh, yelling at his player. I mean, it's he's yelling at him. He is getting in his face. And, of course, social media, all those, you know, social justice warriors – Everyone wants to come in and say, how can we allow a person like that to coach these young men? Uh, That is so disrespectful. It's it's a bullying attitude, and it's not good for their mentality and their confidence. And I think, you know, that's got to be the generation right after us that's that's thinking like this. What do you think about this whole thing? I just, I don't, I don't understand it. It blows my mind, and I'm going to – I'll say the same thing I say whenever it comes to this, like this whole social justice warrior ridiculous culture thing that's happening where, like, it has to be the vocal minority. It just – it has to be because there's no fucking way. Like, I I would never call myself an athlete. I would, you know – Mm-hmm. For just having played a little bit of sports in, in you know, in high school and, and junior high, but I've certainly been yelled at like that. My parents oh, yeah. certainly yelled at me like that. <laughs> like definitely. Now you know some people it doesn't work for them, and I understand that. But... I'll tell you right now, it doesn't work for me. Like okay. I've been yelled at that a bunch of times, and it's never it's never been something where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get hyped up <laughs> and play harder now. It's just not a tool that works for me. But it didn't get me all butt hurt or upset no. or like ruin my life. 
Absolutely. I mean, I play for teams like that. I remember being on a basketball team, a city league YMCA basketball team when I was 10, and I had a coach kind of like that um, who loved to yell. And, you know, we went undefeated. I won the MVP of the city league. Uh, it was a great Ooh. season. I know. Ooh. Humble you hear brag, that, everybody? Brag. You hear yeah. that, everybody? I got the medal still, all right? 1998. How, how is one girl going to tie something like that down? I don't know, you know. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's tough, man. Uh, lots of life experiences before. Um, but, you know, it wasn't my favorite method of coaching, but I would always – I'd always respond to it. Like I hate getting yelled at. So I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to screw up <laughs> what the play is. You know, maybe it made me walk on eggshells sometimes and made me a little more cautious of my next movement, but I don't, I don't think I would ever cry to, you know, my parents or anyone. Like I sucked it up. If I felt crappy, I, I wins. Like I got to go take a piss coach. And then I'd shed some tears there and then I would wipe them off. And splash my face with some water and like, whew, all right, let's do this thing and go back out there. Like, you know, I think you're 100% correct. I never thought of it as the vocal minority, but that's exactly what it is. And these, I don't know, man, it's just, it's frustrating. It's kind of, even in the Navy, I saw this where people get yelled at and then they would like, go tell someone else, like, like we're in kindergarten, you know? It just, I mean, like, and who gives, like, that's my whole thing is it's not, it doesn't work for me. You know, like, it's not something I respond to. Like, my mom is a yeller, and she would mm -hmm. yell at me a lot when I was a little kid. And and it was just always like, okay, like, I don't I don't give a shit. Like, you could yell, and even now, if somebody were to yell at me, like, right. yell all you want, you know? It, that was always, even in high school, you know, coaches or somebody would yell at me. That was my response. But, uh, like, to say, to take that to a whole nother level and then say it's, like, going to hurt him in the future like jesus christ the dude was just yelling at him and on top of that we haven't even gotten into this yet it's fucking coach Izzo. right this guy is a goddamn legend it's not it's not like some random coach like this guy it's not bobby probably, knight even like bobby yeah. knight was punching or slapping students it wasn't even yeah. that it was verbal was, this guy is somebody that knows how to motivate kids he knows how to recruit kids Every player who's ever played for him has glowing reviews. He's in the final four every other goddamn year. Like, mm -hmm. take your take your fucking whiny, soft ass bullshit and inject it into whatever the fuck you want. Inject it to your <laughs> coffee, your fucking beers. I don't give a shit, but keep it out of my sports. I'm so sick of it. I'm yeah, sick of it. Definitely, and you know I am totally okay. If a coach wants to be the laid back coach that doesn't yell at students, like that's fine. I'm not saying that's a better method or a worse method. I'm not saying this is the preferred method. It's just not as big of a deal as people are making it. This guy is probably number three or number four in top coaches in all of college basketball behind coach K uh, Roy Williams and Jim Beheim. Like those are the, those are the four guys right there. Like those these are, are four those, studs. Bill Self. Okay, Bill Self. Yeah, so you're, there's five guys right there in hundreds and hundreds of college basketball uh, schools. So that's ridiculous. And then I'm not – if I'm not mistaken, the next play, the guy he was in his face scored 
because he set a play up for him, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So <laughs> it's not like he hates the guy and wants to murder him. No, he said, this is what you need to do. It's just the way he coaches. You got you to gotta get into it. And if you look at the replay, other players were kind of pulling the coach back. Like, hey, we'll take care of this coach. Like, he's not the only one jacking it up. We all are, which is awesome. Great team. And I don't think any one of those kids is going to say a bad thing about Coach Izzo. Absolutely, they're not going to say a bad thing about Coach Izzo. Not even close. I want to read this tweet because it's something that I sent to you. Yeah. So this is some random Twitter user. So what Scott uh, Van Pelt had yeah, something on his yeah. show, right? So I don't know if you watched the Scott Van Pelt piece, but he's like, you know, one of the only people I still respect on ESPN. Just came across and said, hey, listen, like this, this shit doesn't concern you. Like, stop being mad about it. Like, if this is an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid that's getting yelled at, like, who fucking cares? Right, and I think that's that's basically our take on it as well. Yeah, yeah. So then this guy says, so Scott Van Pelt's take was, stop being offended by things that don't concern you. This guy says, racism and sexism don't concern me either. I guess I shouldn't be bothered by their existence. Man, SVP went from one of the few people I liked on ESPN to among those that I liked the least. Absolute shit take. <laughs> is, he talking about his, is he talking about his own take? Because that's terrible. I, get the fuck out of here, dude. This is a real human being who wrote this out. Yeah. Uh, First of all, he compares <laughs> a guy getting yelled at on a basketball court to racism and sexism. Yeah. See, are you are you fucking serious? Like, are you fucking serious? Then on top of that, he says racism and sexism don't concern him. Like, okay, sure, whatever. That's not a very good social justice warrior. No, nah. it's just it's it's shit like that. And, and you gotta think this guy this guy doesn't watch sports. He never played sports. There's no fucking possible way. There's no possible way. No, he did. He played in. Uh... Participation sports, participation trophies, and all that bullcrap sports that is the norm now, which is garbage. Is that true? Is it actually true? We're not that old, man. I don't know. It's crazy. That's exactly what I'm saying. We're, we were, what, a dozen years out of high school now? And that's not how it was just that long ago. That's not how it was at all. Uh, has it really? Yeah, I don't know. Has it changed that much? My brother's two years younger, so that's 10 years now. I don't know, man. Like, it's crazy. If that's, I don't know. One day I'm going to have kids. One day I'm going to have kids and I'll find out, dude. I don't think it is. I think it's, I think it's a complete different. I think it's just a, it's all the people that never really played sports or aren't competitive people. And I don't think they're bad people, but like, just keep that shit out of here, man. Keep, keep it out. A coach can yell at a fucking, at at his player. A, A parent can yell at their kid. Like, all of these things can happen. A boss can yell at his subordinate. Yeah. Later on, the person that works for that boss could say, man, I don't really like that, and find a new job. And that's completely, all of that's completely all right. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And we're not saying he, this guy's trapped and you have to keep yourself around this. That's not what we're saying, you know? Like, no, if he doesn't like it, don't, don't make a big play deal for out of it. State. Don't you make a big deal about it. This kid is going to be fine. I think he's already fine. He's playing in the Sweet 16. I never got to play in Sweet 16. I wish I did. So if I was playing for Tom Izzo, he could yell at me all he fucking wants. That's that's kind of my point. 
is like Izzo knows what he's doing. He knows how to get these kids motivated. So for that kid, I think that's probably just how it was. And we don't know why he was yelling. I assume it's because he disregarded something he said. After the game, the kid came out and was like, yeah, that's fine. I, like, it's not a big deal. I, he, I messed up the play, you know? I, I and if it was a big deal, guess what he could do? He's on the starting five for Michigan State. He could transfer to any fucking college he wants to. Yep. Yep. Except for maybe Duke. I don't know. Duke Maybe even or, there, you know? <laughs> yeah, Kansas or UNC, but he might be able to do that too because I yep. know Duke needs a power forward. So. Absolutely. So that's our first edition of Pillow Talk. So we'll see what happens the next time we have a nice soft conversation about today's soft I'm, generation. I'm still revved up, JP. I'm still <laughs> I know. Up. I got to get off it, though. We'll be here for hours. We do I'm that. trying not to make, turn it into a political conversation. <laughs> I know. I know. So I think... <laughs> Uh, we have one last thing to do, and it's our last segment. Uh, another, Obviously, another brand new one. We're still early in the show, so we have lots of segments, uh, different ideas that are coming up. So uh, our next segment is two guys watch a sport they know nothing about and try to commentate it, and we chose cricket. Yeah, so cricket this week. Um, this is going to be big. I know absolutely nothing about cricket, but uh... – Apparently there was quite the scandal earlier this year or earlier this week in cricket. You were telling me. Yeah, so I was on Twitter and uh, some guy. I usually just click on names. Like I don't know who that person is. Uh, usually it's like an actor or uh, something for me too, which is sad. But I see this name. I uh, don't. I can't even tell you what it was. But this guy. I don't even know the word. I can't even speak their language. Manicad. Is that is that what you got out of it? <laughs> Manicad. Manicad. Manicad, yeah. he he pulled it, and it's it seemed like watching the video similar to like a hidden ball trick, where he jukes the, I'm gonna call him a runner, I don't know if he is or not, and then he basically like tags the guy out by hitting the sticks, and it was so controversial, everyone was booing in the crowd, they went to instant replay, and Twitter got into it. They said the only reason this guy got away with a move like that was because he was Indian. And I was like, whoa, whoa wow. Oh, man. They got, got racist with it. So that was pretty interesting. And I wish I could explain more, but I know nothing about cricket. So this commentating will be hopefully hilarious and a lot of fun. Uh, and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. So from what I saw, he just kind of like, it looked like a balk. Like he faked yeah, through it. And then that's exactly it. what it looked like. Yeah. But from a little light reading I did, it's not against the rules. It's just like, it's an unwritten that, rule. Yeah, it's unwritten rule. It's something like sweet chin music, you know? So what he did, yeah, he, like, they call it a bowl, if I'm not mistaken, like bowling. Uh, oh. He went, and he had, like, all his motion towards, we'll call it the cricket plate. And <laughs> he stopped. The other guy was, like, started to make his move, came out of the box, and hit the stick, which is, like, a big no-no. Uh, but on Twitter, I saw a dozen years, like, ten years ago or so, someone did it to him. And he broke his uh, flat bat and kicked a cooler and pulled a Paul O'Neill and cried about it. So now he's doing it to people. So hypocrisy at its best, if I've ever seen it. Okay, so it's time to get into character. All right, so what we did was, if you guys want to watch along, uh, we'll give you you know, about 30 seconds to get on here. So we went to YouTube, typed in cricket match, and it's actually the first or second one that comes up. 
It's world record 438 match, South Africa versus Australia, part two. Um, it's just the one we clicked on. It uh, has 17 million views, so it seemed legit. This is and a big one. It was published on YouTube five years ago. So I don't know what 438 match means, but that sounds fun. So make sure your um, volume is muted. And when we say to, we'll all push play at the exact same time. And we'll we'll get into it. So uh, if you're ready, I'm, I'm ready, Scott. How about you, man? Oh, I'm so... I'm... I'm so ready for this. So I'm this just... is a 35-minute video. No way in hell can I talk about cricket for 35 minutes. So if we make it five minutes, I'll be surprised. But we're excited for this five minutes at least. So like we said last week when you commentate, uh, people don't know what they're watching. It's all in the ears. You have to elaborate every move. So this will be fun. You ready? I'm ready, buddy. All right. Three, two, one, go. All right, everybody, welcome to the great South Africa versus Australia match. We got a guy running up. He's about to bowl. And oh, wow. that's got to be a ball, right? Oh, he, he really whipped it in there. I don't yeah. know. It looked like a, yeah, that oh. was a, a rising screw ball. This is the Oakland A's of the Cricket League. Oh, we got a lefty in there. He whiffed oh. on it. He broke a stick. He broke a stick. Uh, I have never seen a bowl like that. What an incredible bowl. What's beautiful hair? Surfer boy here. Yeah, yeah. He's actually from uh, Southern California. There's a replay. What a move. Oh, he check swung. Didn't make it. Uh, And everyone's touching his hair for good luck. So that was amazing. Yeah. Now we got Boetta Dipinar. Boetta Dipinar stepping up to the plate. I'm glad they're worrying about safety this year with the cages. Yeah, a recent rule that the... Cricket Association of the World just came up with. Uh, tired of seeing all these broken jaws. Yeah. Know, out there. There's the pitch, and we got a lefty up. He hits a nice grounder up center field. Uh, oh, my God. There's he no really whacks that one. Oh. Apparently, it just rolls all the way to the wall, <laughs> and then everybody just gives up. Oh, this one uh, hits to the left, and wow, they have fielders in foul territory. This is interesting. It's a 360-degree field, JP. It's 360 degrees. Oh, my gosh. You really whipped that one out there. Opposite field for the righty. And the – oh, the, the umpire from Australia with his top hat comes in. Oh, we got a swing and uh, straight back. Ooh, he does not like that. I'm also pretty amazed that both of these teams have the same color jerseys. Right. Are they? I thought they were pitching to their own team. I'm super confused. Uh, but it's South Africa and Australia. Why are they both wearing green and yellow? This doesn't make sense. I don't know. It makes no sense whatsoever. I'm not sure who's winning or who's losing. But I'll tell you what. It's a joy to watch today. It is. Oh, what a rip. That guy just made an error. That's no good. Oh, I don't know there. Oh, like, okay. Oh, he really, whew, he really whipped that one. Oh, it's only about six inches though. And there's the Canadian Mountie <laughs> that, as is tradition, is the uh, referee for cricket matches. Oh man, he looks like he just caught a few alligators before he came. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, we got a crowd here today, though. We have a crowd here at the cricket pitch. 
Lefty, this lefty is crushing it. What a turn on that one. He really turned around. Oh, the Hitler. Oh, man, that's a Hitler if I've ever seen it. Oh, we don't like the Hitlers around. Oh, the pitcher's not happy about that call. No, he's not. He just got he just got back from surfing. Oh, here uh, comes him, though. Oh, they have a catcher this time. That's getting real. And I guess... Oh, a, another Hitler. A grounder makes a home run, I guess, is the way this works in this game. A little confused. Well, we just hit it backwards, I guess. That's yeah, you can just hit it wherever you want to. It's not a big deal. Where the hell did the catcher go? Like, I don't understand this. All right. <laughs> okay, so I think our big screw-up with the first ever trying to do this, that was a highlight video. <laughs> yeah, we should so, never do that again. It just happened so fast. I couldn't tell what the fuck was going on. And it was just highlight, highlight, highlight. <laughs> So we missed all of the run-up to it. I think we, son of a biscuit, there was, I couldn't keep up. So yeah. we, need to, we need to find actual games next time. I hope everybody found that at least a little bit interesting. Of My God, if you could only see what we saw. That is the most peculiar game I've ever seen in my life. It was a uh, real barn burner here. Uh, yeah. It's 62 to 1, by the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap, how'd they do that? I don't even... <laughs> and the, the frame I have it stuck is it says South Africa 62 to 1 need 373. <laughs> what? Mine says 66 1 boundaries 10 fours and 1 6. <laughs> Those are just random numbers. I think that means 10 little people and one normal sized person. Yeah, uh, I don't know how this was a world record or a very exciting game that needed some sort of 30-minute highlight video. It's 66 to 1. Like, Yeah. Um, so what, we're going to try again next week, I think. Want to try it again next week? Yeah, we'll try again. Can we need I, to find an F full match. You want to try cricket again, or you want to try something else? Oh, I don't care. I Cricket. Cricket would be good because I think there's supposed to be like time in between those. Okay, good. Yeah, those. I've never seen a pitcher pitch that fast. You know, it one just and kept another. And then, yeah. Okay. Kept... We'll try cricket again, and we'll uh, we'll we'll try another one. Yeah, we'll we'll get a real game. Well, actually, let's let's play. Let's do a different game. We'll come okay, back. Okay, I got one. I got you one. What are you thinking? Netball. Oh my god, the one where people can't run. Yeah, but it's like basketball without a backboard. I have no idea. Basketball. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's basketball without a backboard, and I think that it has to be girls and boys. I love it. That's great. 2019. Why not? Okay. Yeah, we'll find one. That ball. Oh my, that looks amazing. So well, maybe it's all girls. I don't know. Maybe it's all dudes. That's my kind of game. I don't know. These girls. These dudes look. Well, they are European, so who knows? <laughs> oh, here it is. Actually, I'm reading that. <laughs> Men's netball teams exist in some areas, but attract less attention from sponsors and spectators. There you go. So this is this is a game for the ladies. So you know what? This is good. This is good for the pod. Absolutely, we are a by no by gender is not fair. That's not fair. All gender. 
We're fluid. We're gender fluid. Gender fluid. We you heard it here all. first. We are. <laughs> we are here for everyone, and we hope to uh, evolve with, uh, you know, the changing times. Except for your little softies and your coach yelling. Yeah. Out of here. I hope. I hope during this netball match we see a coach yell because I. Whew, I'm gonna. My little fingers are gonna be moving so fast when I hit Twitter. Can't handle it, bro. Uh, so, all right. I think that's all we have uh, for this episode. Yeah. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll do better next time and not find a highlight video, so we have a little bit of time in between highlights to announce things. That was uh, that was rough. We bit, off, we bit off way more than we could chew. I was yeah. So confused. We but, weren't ready uh, for that. Yeah. Thanks for thanks everybody for sticking with us. Um, we've had a great time. Make sure you follow us on social media. Tell all your friends. Um, we've had pretty good response so far. So. We really appreciate it. Yeah, again, uh, like he says, social media, Instagram and Twitter, writing pine pod underscore. So I'd love to have any feedback, positive or negative. And if you want to talk about something or let us uh, talk about something, let us know. And we'd really uh, appreciate any input. So thanks for yeah, listening. Please, if you guys have a problem with coaches yelling, please tweet us. Yes, please do. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you guys next time. Take it easy. Peace.